if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. 29 straight games, having allowed three goals or fewer. Nine straight games now, allowing two goals or fewer. Six wins in a row. Wins all this week. Six wins in an eight-day period. Ladies and gentlemen, calling the Winnipeg Jets a wagon does them disservice. Unless it's like one of the futuristic wagons that don't (laughs) quite exist yet. Some sort of flame-throwing, jet-fueled, rocket-powered wagon that can steamroll over teams throughout the Western Conference, throughout the Eastern Conference, propelling them to the top of the NHL standings, both in total points and points percentage that is the kind of wagon that we are talking about when we discuss the winnipeg jets good evening winnipeg good evening manitoba and for all those joining us live on our youtube channel wherever you may be tuning in worldwide we welcome you to the illegal curve post game show with my colleague dave manuk i'm your host drew mandel here to discuss in a shocking turn of events, yet another <laughs> Winnipeg Jets victory, 6-2 over the Arizona Coyotes. Just uh, men against boys, a Jets team that, as I've mentioned, has now played six games in the last eight days, five mm-hmm. in the last week, including travel here, there, and everywhere. They go into Arizona, they go into the college arena, and they punk the Arizona Coyotes as if they were a college team. It was that impressive, Dave Manuk, the Winnipeg Jets in front of their mentors, in front of the dads, in front of the brothers, in front of the uncles, in front of the grandpas, they said, we're taking this road trip home with a perfect 3-0 and record. When will the Jets ever lose? I mean, it's, 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 I mean, there's, it's, you know, what, who was it with winning? It's just too much winning, unfortunately, for the Jets. I'm sure they're getting bored of it, but I mean, they they made them getting bored of it. No, they certainly do not. And look, they made the mentors trip uh, a trip to remember for the, as you just said, Drew, the dads and the, and the friends and the uh, brothers and uncles and grandparents and whomever was on the trip with them. And that they brought, that was important to them. And, and it looked like obviously from Connor Hellebuck's dad, Chuck, uh, right on down to all of them. (laughs) They looked like they were all having a great time and it looked like it was a first class uh, run thing. So, I mean, that's, that's a real you know, I mean, I'm sure the the players obviously they want to win anyways, but to be able to yeah. kind of win it with those guys in uh, in attendance, you know, probably means a lot. They got to golf yesterday, didn't skate today because it was a, a earlier, if in quotes, game at five o'clock. So we didn't know if there were going to be any changes. Of course, we didn't anticipate any because of the fact that, as you just touched on, this team yeah. is rolling along. So it's going to be it's going to be a, a while before they make any decide to make any changes. I, I suspect. Uh, they won't be back in action until Tuesday when they take on the Columbus Blue Jackets. But, I mean, Drew, it's it's a remarkable team. I mean, this is a team, as you touched on, have played a lot of hockey, three in their last four days, Yeah. Uh, this being that game, of course. And at one point, they were out, out shooting Arizona 23 or 24 to four. Yeah. And oh, then, and then, that good? 
<laughs> yeah, it's good? just a wee bit good. So yeah. I mean, it it's been uh, it's been a remarkable run right now for this Jets club. It's a you know, and we talked about it with Frankie Corrado, who was uh, you know during the intermissions talking to Dan, but he was on our show yesterday, the Illegal Curve Hockey Show in the morning, and we asked him about the pride that this team takes in in you know preventing goals. And Arizona, as they detailed in the pregame report on IllegalCurve.com, they don't score a lot. They also don't give up a lot. So this is a big number against. Folks might not think that Arizona is a very good team, obviously, based on where they've they are in, in the playoff, standings. They've been in a playoff spot for a lot of the year. It's only until recently yeah. that they that they weren't in the playoffs in the in in the Western Conference. And, so they're and not. They're better than in previous years that the Arizona, you know, previous versions of the Arizona Coyotes. For sure. And and again, like I said, they don't score a lot of goals, but they also don't give up a lot of goals. And mm-hmm. and that was one of the things that I was watching to see how Winnipeg would handle because, first of all, the Melka seems to get them. Every single time he's an excellent goaltender, especially it seems like against the Winnipeg Jets. But yeah, like, like I said, they don't score very much. They're only 25th in the NHL in terms of goals for, but they were eighth best in terms of goals against. So again, a team that doesn't, and I mentioned the stat when the Jets were at 86 goals against, um, you know, previously that the only other team in the central who had under a hundred was Arizona who had 99 and subsequently, obviously they've, they've elevated a little bit more, but the fact of the matter is that, you know, you look at the Jets' schedule, and I thought at a certain points, especially when Arizona kind of con- came back into the game, the Jets were almost, it was a little bit like expecting to be punched in the mouth and not getting punched in the mouth. And they were waiting for something. They were waiting for some sort of counterpunch from, from Arizona that wasn't coming. And it was almost like, as if they were getting a little bit bored with their <laughs> opponent. I mean, I hate to say it, but they were like, you know, like I said, there wasn't that, there was anticipation because you expect Arizona, because you said it, Drew, this is a team that, it still has playoff aspirations. They're not that far back of Nashville. Yeah. And I think they were four back of Nashville last I checked. Maybe, maybe, yeah, I think four, right? Because Nashville yeah, won recently. They're so off. They're not, they're, but, but I mean, they're one point they're still, behind it. One point behind Edmonton, St. Louis and, and Seattle right. uh, for the, uh, for the second wild card spot. Yeah. And, and look, I mean, nobody was really anticipating what Arizona was going to do one way or the other this year, right. but I think, like, I think they were kind of like that, but I mean, the point is, I mean, I think what your point is, Dave, if I, if you don't mind me sure. interrupting is that, you know, Arizona is a team that had a lot to play for in yes. tonight's game. Now, you yes. know, we know the date that it's January 7th and it's not like it was a do or die of situation for them, but they have to look, I mean, you know, the opponent's schedule, you know, what they've been going through, you know, what their, you know, their schedule has been like over the last week or so. If you're the Coyotes, you, th- you must think, Hey, this is an opportunity. We're maybe catching the jets in a bit of a vulnerable situation end of a, a road trip end of a long sequence of games with the six and eight nights you know maybe there's an opportunity here for us to jump on uh, uh, on the opposition and get a bit of a statement win for us mm-hmm. you know just you know and, and the jets just smothered them from the puck drop it wasn't competitive from the start of the game that is what's so impressive from my perspective i mean the score is is obviously impressive but it's you know, it, it is indicative of how the game was played. You know, it, right. it, this was a 6-2 game in terms of the talent disparity that was on the ice. Mm-hmm. In terms of the 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 skill set disparity that was on the ice. The Winnipeg Jets just were dominant in tonight's game. You know, they just said, you know what, we're just not going to bother toying with you. Like we've maybe toyed a little bit with the uh, sharks or that we toyed with the ducks, or maybe they didn't have their a game in, in those, in those efforts. Whereas tonight, you know, they just come out and it's over, you know, 
from the start. The Jets, I mean, it takes the Jets until late in the first period to get the opening goal, but they mm-hmm. were just swarming them. I mean, you yeah. talked about the different disparity in the shots on goal, and that is a time when it's reflective of the uh, of how the, the the flow of the play was. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Sorry, I, I wasn't anticipating your abrupt ending there, Drew. But you know, I, it kind of felt like you were in the flow of play. So I was like, okay, well, I'm not unlike him who interrupted me. I'm going to let him keep going. Plus, I may or may not have been posting something on AllelCurve.com. But anyways, right. look, uh, this is a impressive Jets team, top to bottom. We've talked about it. Uh, they they really. You look at all the lines; they're all working well. Nikolai Ehlers and Mark Shifley, the one kind of question mark as to whether that chemistry would be able to be formed really seems to be getting answered, right? The Jets mm-hmm. do seem to be finding a, 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 like a nice dynamic between those guys. But ultimately, what's happening? Like, who gets things started? Vlad Domestikov. And we'll get into that right. during the Betway game recap. But, I mean, talk about a confidence that this guy is is exhibiting. The only thing, again, it was funny because I looked, and after the second period, this was even, and I saw the question in the chat, but the only thing that was made me laugh was that in the first period, I think faceoffs were like 70, uh, 30 in favor of Arizona. Arizona. Now the, it ended, ended, the, Jets, the Jets ended up winning the faceoff battle fit by 52% to 48%. Yeah. It was 50, 50 after 40, but I just yeah. thought it was funny that I was laughing. Cause I'm like, so if we're, I'm like, if I need to nitpick, if there's a, if there's one area that we want to nitpick, then we guess we can nitpick them up faceoffs. Can't even nitpick them tonight. But I even mean, then, that's just tonight, nit- there's no nitpicking involved. I mean, you know, when we sit down to do these games and you, you, you know, you, you, you sort of got to keep, again, I'll speak from my perspective here. When you're, sure. when you're talking about the game and you're trying to talk, you know, talk to the audience, you know, not every game can use your, your full degree of superlatives. You know, you can't say that this was the best effort because if you use the word best on each and every night, it begins to be meaningless. So, you know, you're, some of the games, you, you know, you're, you're trying to work around and discuss it with other words and everything else. Look, there's really no nitpicking in tonight's game. There's just not much that you can point to and say, you know, this really needed to be better by the Winnipeg Jets. You know, the special teams was effective in that the uh, they didn't give up anything uh, on, on the power play. Sure, they didn't get a power play goal, and maybe you would have liked them to get one of those early power play opportunities that they had, but they controlled the play, and, you know, they they controlled those power plays. They weren't, uh, you know, glaring red spots, that, you, know, d- you know, danger areas. This was just a dominant effort from from start to finish, and to call it anything less than that would be would be you know misleading to the audience because you all watch the game and there's not much there that you can really criticize about the Winnipeg Jets tonight. No, no, and and you know I, I was listening to JP VJ uh, who was on the pregame show um, talking about the pride that players take in in maintaining this thing, and we talked about it with Frankie Corrado yesterday again, like I said on our show. Yeah. And it's and it really is interesting just to see this this team really just keep this this role going and keeping it things locked in. So, I mean, again, like I said, you see the the work. You see that like Cole Perfetti. We're talking about Cole Perfetti more and more because now he's engaging physically. And I and I've talked about this when I watched Cole Perfetti develop at the AHL level, and he was a perimeter player in the AHL, and he was still getting points, but he wasn't going to those hard areas. And he's such a cerebral guy that you could see that he would he would figure it out but again sometimes it's it's easy to say well mentally i know what to do but physically it's a different story when i have to go you know as a 19 year old kid go up against men and try and you know take the puck away from them or go into an area where i'm going to get you know my face bashed in and i think we're seeing it more and more now where he's engaging in a more physical manner uh, in the nhl behind the net forcing pucks you know in front to to the front of the net 
forcing guys to make turnovers. And I just think like, again, he's, he's the kind of player who's, who uses his brain uh, to his advantage, of course. And so um, again, I just, it's another uh, evolution of, of Cole Perfetti and, and you get everybody. I mean, everybody has a piece of that game and whether they scored or not. I mean, you, I think of the Nemesnikov, uh, Baron shorthanded opportunity, mm-hmm. even Connor Hellebuck, because Drew, as, as much as you want to say the Jets controlled this game with the score 2 1, if Connor Hellebuck doesn't make that stop, I mean, I sure. still think the Jets are going to end up winning that game, but it's it's could very easily have right. been a two all game in the second period. Right. So, so what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is that every single guy, Nino Niederreiter, like every single person in mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe the defense didn't have a ton in terms of points and whatnot, but obviously they still had a big part in, in to play in that hockey game. And I just think, I mean, I, unless we want to give Dylan Sandberg a lot of credit for that ricocheted puck off of his uh, <laughs> well, off of his ankle, which ends up being his actually first time he hits double digits in his career for assists. But right. uh, again, I I, <clears throat> I just think the importance of it is that it's a it's a win that everybody can say they had a piece of, yep. with the exception of maybe Laurent Bersois and the and the coaches were on the bench. <laughs> but other than that, everybody else who was on the ice uh, had a, had a piece of that game. And and again, that's what you want. You want everybody to be contributing mm-hmm. and. Like, and everybody was noticeable to a certain degree, right? Like, like a lot of times we'll watch a game, Drew, and we'll say, Yeah, well, I didn't notice player? him. Yeah. Where, you know, like, did, did he play at all? And I, like I said, I, I don't think there's anybody on that lineup or in this lineup that I didn't think of. And, and I don't mean that in a negative way. Again, certain plays happened. They had two goals against. So we'll talk about that. But ultimately, mm-hmm. you know, like even from Dominic Toninato on down or on up, like I said, everybody seemed to have a, a piece of the action in tonight's game, and that's what you want, well, and you want that feeling to be spread throughout the, the the whole team. To your point, you know, you know, and where it doesn't necessarily show up on the score sheet, Morgan Barron in that third period, going mm-hmm. one on three and, and 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 taking the puck wide and controlling the puck uh, in that opportunity. I mean, look. It, it, when everything is going well or when things are going well, it feels like you're unbeatable and, and everything's going well. You know, b- bad bounces or bad uh, bad passes end up on, on on skates that deflect right back into the slot that allow you to tee it up and fire at home for a goal. It's just, you know, again, the downhill nature of it, not downhill mm-hmm. in the negative sense, but rolling down the hill, the momentum it creates yeah. is permeating this team top to bottom. And you saw it again tonight with this 6-2 victory. And then you come home on Tuesday against Columbus, and we know where Columbus is among the NHL standings. Uh, and you know where the, on Thursday the bedardless Chicago Blackhawks are among the NHL standings. So you know the Jets, and they, the Jets have their recipe for playing against teams that are below them in the standings and how to be victorious in doing that. Now you need to replicate it. You know how it needs to be, but you need to replicate it and they'll have an opportunity on Tuesday and an opportunity on Thursday. And then finally the competition gets a little bit harder as it's been pretty soft so far to start the month of January, but to the Jets credit for so many other years, they wouldn't take, you know, they'd be content getting, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, two out of the three victories on the road trip. Instead, they get all three, they get all six points and they further affirm themselves as an elite team in the NHL. You know, maybe one of the top three teams in this league or top five teams in this league, because you really can't take it away from them the way they've been doing things as of late. Well, and and I think what it also is important to take note of is the fact that one of the things that you you've harped on for years is they're not showing that they're playing any different against their opponents. They're right. showing they're not that playing they're down playing, to their opponents. They're not. They're just playing a consistent brand of hockey, and that's one of the things that we've. I mean, especially early on in this season when we saw that okay, the Jets, you know, had some early struggles, you know, really early on, 
And then they start to kind of get things together. And you're thinking, okay, well, what are we watching here? And then they kept it going. And we're like, okay, well, are they going to maintain that level of consistency? Are they going to be able to show that when they play a really good game against Boston or a really good game against Colorado or a really good game against LA, that they can replicate that really good game against San Jose, that really good game against Anaheim. And we're seeing it. We're seeing that, in fact, they can replicate those types of, uh, of efforts and, and not play down and not you know, need to get up for a certain opponent, that they can continue to play that Winnipeg Jets style. And again, what have we been talking about? What, if you're a player in this system right now, and they're all having success, because right. again, this it's all spread out. Why would you have any doubt? Why would this not become like, you know, again, it's one of those questions that we, we've been hearing, like when we we're in the Matt Frost Media Center. Mm -hmm. And like I said, last weekend, before the Jets left on this trip, you know, Rick Bonus was asked about the idea that this is now the default for Jets players. There's no, there's no, oh, hey, we're going to go back to the old way. The old there's no freelancing. There's, there's no reason to to vary from the script that has been presented. Well, of course, you. because why would you? You know what I mean? Like the, it it works. This works. There's no question about it that this works. There's no, you know, and again, how does it work? It works when they score the first goal. It works when they don't score the first goal. It works when they give up two goals. It doesn't work when it, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. the Jets have won in, it's, it's not a identical script game after game after game, but regardless of the way the game is begun, this Jets team doesn't really deviate. And as a result, they're still picking up the wins and, you know, look, they've set a, they've now set the re franchise record, not now, but they've continued that franchise record 12, um, uh, games with a point. And for those who are curious about the Jets 1.0 record, that is 13 set in 1984 or 85. So uh, there will be, you know, if they can, if they can win in Col against Columbus and then defeat Chicago, this would be the record for all time Winnipeg NHL franchises. But my point is that the team just continues to roll along drew. And as a result, you know, folks are, are getting excited and you don't plan parades in January, but at the same time you do, um, laud the the accomplishments of a team that is currently undefeated in 2024. That's right. You don't plan a parade, but you know, folks, you can be excited and you can be happy and you can celebrate their victories. There's nothing wrong with that. So you know, yes, there you, there, you know there is a the, the you can't you you, you can't uh, raise a banner, you can't win a trophy, you can't uh, do the parade, but you can be happy for what you're watching because so many of you have stuck with the Winnipeg Jets or been upset by the Winnipeg Jets in the past years where the the performance may not have been commended with a lot of the talent that you thought were within the team. Now you're seeing the two come together and by no means should you apologize for being happy and cheering this team on. So yeah, they are a wagon, a super wagon, a super powered wagon, whatever you want to describe them. We saw it tonight in their performance against the Arizona Coyotes. And if that makes you happy and that makes you want to cheer them on, by all means, folks, go right ahead. Not that you need my permission to do it in the first place, but you know, nonetheless, you should be happy for what is happening for your preferred team. Dave and I can't cheer as, as, as objective journalists who have to call it down the middle. And that's what we are. So we're honest first and foremost, when we, when it comes to covering this Winnipeg Jets team, but all you folks watching us, if you're happy and you want to celebrate by all means, go right ahead and do so responsibly. Of course, uh, <laughs> let's get into it. Dave and the Jets six, two victors over the Arizona coyotes tonight. We do this on each and every edition of our illegal curve post game game show it's the betway game recap the betway game recap
Big thanks to our friends at Betway for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. Betway is the sports betting app that puts you, the customer, at the forefront with a large selection of betting options and sports, as well as strong promotions and fair odds. What are you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way. Now, Drew. 19 years or older to play, please play responsibly. Yeah, go ahead, Dave. A couple of my always fun yeah. notables. Yes, I know, got, I, I, are these not, are these notable stats that no one else would ever notice in a million years? Most likely. Yes, I would, go I for them. I want them. I would say, Drew, I'm sensing a, a potential sponsor here. You know, maybe we could find like a, it's kind of like, you know, um, Ernie Johnson on the uh, TNT broadcast says yeah. this is, the, you know, the, the, um, his talks about one of his segments and he goes sponsored by no one. So maybe <laughs> that's what we'll do. But uh, no, worth noting, Nikolai Ehler is now the fourth all time in games with 562. So he's fourth on the list that would put, I believe he'd be fifth if you ignore all the guys who are above him in the Jets 2.0 but the Jets um we'd be two games behind Randy Carlisle for uh for the that list and then also Brendan Dillon playing in his 200th NHL game with a Winnipeg Jets logo on it so I don't know where the time went but Brendan Dillon somehow has already played 200 games in a Jets jersey just thought I'd share those factoids with the folks there you go. Thank you for the random factoid that only Dave M can uh, bring up, dredge up as he's watching these games. It's like he's sitting there with an NHL almanac in one hand and random stat. Uh, do you have like a random sca- a stat score sheet or something? Do you have a notebook strictly for the random stats? Or, you I, know? Well, I mean, I, I usually, to be honest, you use them for the post-game recap. And then yes. I will, I usually, I do have sometimes, I will oftentimes make notes for myself. I've got some. I mean, it, I'll, I'll share one. Mark Shifley sitting on, I believe, 300 and 99 assists so he's there and neil pionk's next assist will put him into the top 10 of all time assists for the jets 2.0 there you go dave m is full of these uh, uh fancy tidbits there folks in case you didn't already know that dave will provide you with random tidbits during each and every edition <laughs> of the illegal curve post game could have won drew c could have wanted for uh, this this comment he needs to find that info while sitting in a room with nothing else <laughs> <laughs> it's true dave dave looks like he is in a windowless room that has nothing else in terms of entertainment so he does need he does have this time where, on his hands this is where i do my best thinking folks just so that's right that's wondering. dave's thinking room if you ever want to see where dave comes up with some of his pearls of wisdom it's while sitting in a room with in a corner of a room with white walls and a light shining behind him <laughs> Uh, it's also where he gets tortured uh, uh, yeah. before and after the post-game show starts. Sure. So it's a multi-purpose room is, is, is what I'm saying. Absolutely. Uh, Jets dominant to start the game, dominant in the first period. They have a lead after 20 minutes. Vlad Nemesnikov getting his fifth of the year. Uh, it's still unassisted. It sort of seems unfair that it should be unassisted yeah. uh, in, in this instance because it's not. it doesn't happen without the fantastic effort of, of Cole Perfetti and the strong forecheck that leads to this goal. I mean, it's a it's actually a lost faceoff here in that it starts with a the Jets losing a faceoff draw in the offensive zone. But a, no matter for the Jets, they're so hard on the forecheck that the Coyotes defenseman in this instance, uh, who I believe was who was it? I believe it was JJ Moser, if I'm not mistaken, uh, gets the puck. Basically, he just 
show, throws the puck right in front of the net uh, as a result of losing a puck battle. Uh, mm-hmm. And Vlad Nemestnikov is left all alone. He's just standing right by himself after the Coyotes player goes to help Moser, uh, thinking that Moser's in trouble. Well, he is in, in more trouble than he thinks of. He doesn't expect the puck to pop right out into the slot, but it does right onto Nemestnikov's stick, and he just wires it past Vamelka to make it one nothing for the Jets at the 17-16 mark of the first period. Yeah, I think it might have. Was it Jersey, uh, Drew, or was it Moser? Uh, you know, it might have been Jersey. I, 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 you could be right as well. Uh, I'm not sure. It's, it's kind of hard to see. But anyways, yeah. you know what? I, I, this is kind of one of the yeah. plays that I was talking about. In There's terms a zero. Of... They're both one's fifty and one's ninety, so it's sort of hard <laughs> yeah. to tell. But, but I was gonna say that the to me the obviously, like you said, he doesn't get an assist for the play, but Cole Perfetti being hard behind the net. And that's one of the sure. things I was talking about was that he wasn't afraid to you know, interpose himself and use his, his body positioning to try and create an opportunity there. And, you know, you put the pressure on the defenseman, the defenseman makes a, a poor play, which ends up in front of the goaltender and, and, you know, credit Vlad Domestikov. I mean, he's playing with a ton of confidence right now, obviously. And you can see that, you know, you can see it in his smile. You can see it in his smirk. His shot mm-hmm. was, you know, with the power, that's his fifth goal of the season. He's got eight points in his last six games. And if the guy could win a face-off to save his life, I mean, he'd be an un- unbelievable 2C. But unfortunately, the face-offs are not his forte. But, I mean, again, like I said, he's he really has been a, a boon to this this hockey club. And, yeah. you know, it, it's that veteran savvy, that knowing where to be. And this line is really has has played quite effectively when when given that that opportunity, right? So uh, they they open the scoring. And, yeah, like I said, just you could see the smile because – I mean, that's a gift, right? He's just in the right place at the right time. He has the soft ice and uh, very, very, very minimal chance for Vimelka to, to make that stop and the Jets have a one nothing lead. Yeah, that's exactly it. The Jets have a one nothing lead after 20 minutes and it's a well-deserved one nothing lead because the Jets were the dominant team in that first period out shooting the Arizona Coyotes. Except in face-offs. Fine, except for face-offs. Yes, <laughs> fair enough. Fourteen to four, they had sixty-four percent of the possession. Out, you know, high danger chances of four to one. I, I mean, you know, all the stats uh, point to the Jets being in control of the game after twenty minutes, and they certainly were. Now, and the they question, had a fifty. I mean, what was it? Fifteen-four shot edge. Like, I mean, they really yeah, didn't allow Arizona. Yeah, 14, to have 14 4 I mean, they just, they, they just. Yeah. Arizona had nothing in that first period. They just, you know, they didn't have any, they didn't have any opportunity to to show anything. It was just dominated by the Winnipeg Jets in for the first twenty minutes of the of the game, which is exactly what you want to see again. Even though it's the end of the road trip and all those comments, and we've talked about it and the heavy schedule as of late, and it really doesn't get that light. You know, it's every second night now instead of three and four nights. It's every second night uh, this week. You know, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Um, but say la vie. That's the schedule. You know that you know what you're in store for when you when it comes to being uh you know an nhl player there are these stretches where it's just basically no practice time that's what they talked about that's why you're not going to see rasmus kupari come back that quickly even if he might be ready the jets just don't have a practice uh you know more days yeah exactly and even would it surprise you at all if they ended up canceling wednesday's practice you know it wouldn't surprise Mm -hmm. me at all if I'm Rick, if I'm Rick, if I'm Rick bonus, I don't want to change my, uh, my thing. I'll be like, Rasmus, don't worry. We'll give you, we'll give you some battle drills in about two weeks. <laughs> right. I mean, it's just a matter of, you know, he, keeping your finger on the pulse of the team and everything else. And he'll know if they need to skate on Wednesday or not, but you know, they're traveling back. Presumably, I don't know if they're leaving tonight or if they're leaving tomorrow, but tomorrow's an off day, uh, of course. And then they'll play mm-hmm. Tuesday against the blue jackets and then Thursday against the Blackhawks. So that practice on Wednesday, if it happens, I suspect it might be a highly optional practice. 
practice. So uh, yeah, that, we'll that very well could be the case. Nonetheless, we're getting ahead like, of ourselves. And, no, but and, and it's it's worth pointing out though, Drew, because yeah. again, part of this is no like the jet schedule. There's no question about it. It's better this year than it has been in a long time. And there, and we know that because the coaching staff was rather gushing about it, both in the preseason and then through it. We, when Scott O'Neill was, was looking after things, he was talking about the favorable schedule. So, you know, when the coaches are, are, are saying that, that they're happy with things. But again, you also still also have to know how to manage the, the, the schedule and whether you need those rests versus practice. And right, rest right now, when, rust, that sort well, of, that and also sort of the debate. fact that, Again, like, you know, the power play seems to be working better. The PK is a little bit better. So, you know, do you need, again, you want those things to be optimal. You want the face-offs to be a little bit higher, but at the same time, you want to make sure that your team is getting the rest because right now you're doing all the right things in terms of winning the games, which is the most important. Right. And you mentioned the PK, you know, on the road trip, I believe it was a perfect PK. I don't think they gave up uh, a, a power play goal uh, at, on any of these three games against the Coyotes, the Sharks or the Ducks, which, again, the Jets the improved special teams for the Jets. If all of a sudden the special teams come out from being in the bottom 10 to more middle of the pack and yeah. the five on five play doesn't suffer at all. And it certainly doesn't look like it's suffering. Then, well, I mean, look, the sky's the limit. I, don't, I think everyone can do some pretty uh, straightforward and simple math to know that the uh, that would be a very good good situation for the Winnipeg mm-hmm. Jets to be in uh, one nothing after 20 minutes second period begins uh, and there's a fight early in the second yep. period you can see that the Coyotes are trying to uh, find something to get back into it they don't like necessarily the hit that uh, Brendan Dillon uh, lays and, and there's yep. some battle so Adam Lowry and Jake McBain decide to drop the gloves 19 seconds into the period uh, and uh, you know both Got some punches in. It was a good fight, good spirited fight. Lowry certainly is not one to back away from a fight, and he, uh, you know, showed up for the Jets as well. And the Jets end up with a power play out of the situation. They're not able to capitalize on it, um, but they do capitalize at the 353 mark of the second period. Dave Nikolai Ehlers getting his 14th of the year assist to Dylan Sandberg and Nate Schmidt, and it's a very strong cycle by the Winnipeg Jets. And it ends up, and this is just fortuitous. I mean, there's there's no yeah. way to describe this aside from when you're going well, the bounces are going well as uh, you know. In addition, and it's Ehlers. He tries to pass it to Samberg. It's a bad pass. It's in Samberg's uh, skates, but it, the, you know ricochets right back into some soft ice right between the circles. And Ehlers, with a head of steam behind him, is able to step into one and absolutely wires it past. Uh, Karel Vamelka. It's such a good shot, Dave, that I think okay. you'll agree with me. It's our Seagram shot of the game. The Seagram shot of the game. Seagram's fireball. Delicious. <laughs> Big thanks to our friends at Seagram's for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. Whatever you're drinking, be it Fireball, be it Seagram's VO, Seagram's 83, it's going to go down smooth. Be sure to drink it responsibly. Seagram's products are available at your local Manitoba liquor marts. That they are, Drew. That they are. Or in your basement, evidently. But the fact of the matter is... I have to get uh, it from somewhere to begin with. Good point. Good point. Anyways, the point is, in this regard, that 
it's it's again, it's just a Jets team that if you look, almost every guy on the, I think every guy on the ice touched that puck, right? I mean, Gabriel already had it. He started things off. And you're right. I mean, look, at the end of the day, you have to acknowledge that it was a very lucky bounce. And, uh, you know, that's why I joked about Dylan Samberg getting an assist off of his ankle, essentially. Yeah. But, you know, you like to see, like, Shifley's going after the puck. Everybody's digging for that puck, working hard. And at this point, the shots are 19 to four for the Jets. And, you know, like, again, but the funny thing about Nikolai Ehlers is he didn't stop, right? Like, he makes the pass, and he doesn't just stand still after after making the pass over to Sandberg. He keeps moving, and like you said, he ends up in that spot, and the Coyotes are actually standing still a little bit. They're sure. starting to move towards Sandberg, and then, again, Puck comes to Ehlers, and he's got a phenomenal shot, as everyone yeah. in this chat knows. So, I mean, there's no, there's it's it's not hard to understand how that one beat Vimelka. And then the biggest question was, did Ehlers get crushed after the uh, shot and it was he was he hurt and then of course we realized quickly that he was actually just laughing yeah. at how, <laughs> how fortunate it all was mm-hmm. and the fact that it ended up on his stick and it ended up in the back of the net so i mean that's his 14th goal of the season i believe and that so that gives him already two more than he had last year and you just know that we've talked about it the you know the, the guy who was going to have to step up with with kyle connor um down and out and out with injury Mm-hmm. is Nikolai Ehlers and Nikolai Ehlers since remember when Kyle Hunter and I talked about this on our last show whether it's a post game show or the legal curve hockey show at this point there's been so many I can't remember which it was but the fact of the matter is that when Kyle Connor went down with his injury was it December 12th or December 10th no 12th, um, right? uh, no the 10th, no, no, 12th the 10th. is when they lost to the to San, Montreal no it was no no it was, December, it, was, it was December 10th because he came back and he skated on December 20th so it was 20 days I mean December 3rd December 30th. It was, it was the Anaheim game where yeah. this was the December 10th. 10th. Yes. Yeah. But the point is that, you know, when he went down at set with 17 goals, remember I said this yesterday, no, no other jet had double digits. And we said, if you're going to get some scoring, it's going to be from a guy like Nikolai Ehlers. And since then he's obviously, you know, up to 14 goals. So, I mean, you need him to be a contributor and, and again, he's not just contributing offensively. Kevin Sawyer talked about it on the broadcast. I mean, there's, there's a number of examples you can have of him playing, you know, defensive hockey and, and coming back and, and, and getting some takeaways, not obviously on this play specifically, but just saying that these are elements of his game that you needed to see. And again, one of the things we talked about for this Jets club was going to be Nikolai Ehlers. And we've for years have said Nikolai Ehlers could be a first, first line winger. And, and yeah. he's, you know, with Nikolai Ehlers getting that first line wing. I mean, again, this Jets team is continuing to elevate. And I would certainly not uh, solely attribute it to his play, of course, but uh, he's just a, like like uh, so many guys on this team. He's just a big another big piece of that puzzle. Well, what's the number now? I mean, if you factor in tonight's goals, uh, I think it was it was something like the Jets with Ehlers as a top line uh, winger had been outscoring their opponents seventeen to three at five on five since. Oh yeah, guess, and so you add in the four goals they scored at five on five tonight. The yeah. top line they'd be outscoring their opponents twenty one to three at five on five since Ehlers has been promoted to the top line. I mean, the number, just saying the numbers doesn't do it justice to to talk about how superior that is. Mm -hmm. And that's not even just, you know, uh, you know, dominant, dominant. The word dominant doesn't do it justice. 21 to three is what you're outscoring your opponents at five on five. And oftentimes that's top line against top line. Those are matching up. It's not like you're playing against, you know, uh, another team's scrubs exclusively. You're Mm -hmm. doing what you need to be doing against quality opponents. And tonight that Jets top line was was absolutely on fire. And it started with this Ehlers goal to make it 2-0 for the Jets. Shout out, by the way, to Philly, Philly Danger. 
yeah thailand watching from thailand and there's there's over 600 of you right now in the chat okay. we're loving uh, that having all of you don't forget to smash that like button and remember sorry drew i'm going to interrupt you for one sec but Go don't for forget me. if you're not subscribing we want you to be a subscriber here on the illegal curve hockey channel so please hit that subscribe button and of course smash that like button and leave a comment and let your friends know come join us after every single jets game or every saturday at nine o'clock on the illegal curve hockey show there there you go here i'll, I'll put it right on the board there enjoy right it there game show smash the like button give us a thumbs up subscribe to the youtube channel there are uh, almost 630 of you watching the illegal curve post game show drew mandel dave manuk with you uh on this uh on this uh what is it sunday night sunday uh, what's that it is sunday right the days yeah. blending together we've done this is our fourth show in the last four days so it's hard to figure out what day of the week it actually is i see my good friend mj is in the chat mj nice to have you join us here on the post game show and yes a happy 42nd birthday to uh mj's significant other and another one of my good friends uh, bobby they're celebrating uh bobby's birthday tonight so terrific to see them joining us here in the illegal curve post game show chat and if we're doing birthday shout outs, I owe my mom one from yesterday because when, remember, I don't know if you remember yesterday, Drew, when I was talking in the morning and I said something, I was about to say the next Jets practice, I said January and I was thinking, oh, January 6th is my mom's birthday. I should give her a shout out. I'm like, I don't want to interrupt my thought. I'll get to it in a second. Didn't get a, a birthday <laughs> shout out for my mom, Cheryl. So happy birthday, mom. Yeah. Missed that. And she did listen to the show and was rather disappointed that I didn't give her a shout out. So uh, a big shout out to my mom who celebrated her birthday yesterday. There you go. Dave has to make amends with his mom. Otherwise, there's no home cooking coming his way for, no, for the next little while. Cookies and then I'm in trouble. Yeah, you're in trouble is right. Uh, the Coyotes did get on the board here, uh, as I was going to mention. Uh, it comes about uh, just under five minutes after the Jets had made it 2-0. Uh, they, Nick Schmaltz scores his 12th of the year, assist to Clayton Keller and Travis Dermott. Uh, it comes. Uh, it's, a, it's a nice shot by Nick Schmaltz. Nick Schmaltz is a good veteran player. All, uh, member of the all-food team. The, yes, of course, Schmaltz, that being delicious chicken fat. Uh, for those of you who might not be familiar with some of your uh, Eastern European uh, cooking, uh, that would be uh, very much a, a Eastern European type of cooking. But uh, it's a nice shot by Nick Schmaltz. You know, Nick Schmaltz is the kind of guy who, uh, you know, it's just a professional hockey player. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, he can play on pretty much any team in the league would be uh, how I would describe him. He's never going to be the flashiest player. Um, you know, you're, if he's your best player, you're probably not a great hockey team, but he's just a very effective player. And you saw it here with the Coyotes, a nice shot uh, beating uh, Connor Hellebuck. Uh, one of the very few shots that Connor Hellebuck faced for a shot of the game. Exactly. So that would make it what the fifth shot of the game for the it Coyotes. Was. And they scored on it uh, to cut the Jets lead from two, nothing to two, one uh, just before the halfway mark of the uh, second period. Uh, Dave, any, you know, again, that not tons to read into here. Just a nice play by Schmaltz. I thought, yeah, I just want T will to know. I didn't forget my mom's birthday. I just forgot to wish her happy birthday on this show. I did. I definitely called her a few times to speak to her. I just didn't get a chance to do it on the show, which there of course go. she listens to rather faithfully. My dad less so, but my mom definitely listens to every show. So got, I got to make sure I keep her in my good graces or keep in her good graces. I should say. It was a nice shot, Drew. I mean, there's no question about it. I mean, you got to give Schmaltz credit. And I think Connor Hellebuck was probably a little bit of, it was a little, it was a little sleepy. I mean, <laughs> there, wasn't, there was, I think it was the first shot, I think at eight minutes and 10 seconds into that second period, if I recall correctly, or something thereabouts. So, I mean, it, you know, I mean, you do get a little bit of, uh, you know, boredom, I guess, probably starting to, 
to to enter into the into the psyche a little bit just because you're sitting there and you've got to give the coyotes credit because they had a really good cycle i mean they they again we talk about all the guys on the ice touching the puck they they did and you know i mean look there's he's got some space and and i think it was uh, demello who was was you know trying to get, narrow the gap on him but he put it into a into a good spot over up and over Connor Hellebuck, mm-hmm. and you know he cuts the lead in half. So uh, it's it's I guess it's a little disappointing because if you're the Jets, you've controlled things, but you were expecting a little bit of push, and it may and again like watching the replay, I think it may have deflected in off of which I didn't notice initially, but when you watch him take the shot, it kind of goes goes up and over because of Demello's stick. So right. I actually think Demello actually got a little tip on that, which I didn't see when I initially watched the game live, of course, like and m- many others here in the chat. So it's possible that we just, mi- I, I mean, I missed that because I thought he just beat him clean with the shot. But it, now upon watching the replay, you see that he actually has a little bit of a deflection. But again, you got to give the Coyotes credit because as we said, we're not talking about the worst team in the Central Division. We're, or the, sorry, the worst team in the Western Conference is a team that has playoff aspirations and they're in that mix with the Nashvilles and the St. Louis's and uh, mm-hmm. trying to maintain their playoff position. So they've, they've been able to do some things. Like I said, they don't scare, score a lot of goals, but they don't give up a lot of goals. So you, you knew that they were going to try and take advantage and they, they're not a terrible team. That was a good cycle by them. And they, they catch the jets and they, they make them pay. Yeah. So two, one at this point in time, and you're the coyotes, a team that really hasn't shown up yet is all of a sudden right back into this game. So you're wondering what's next, you know, are they going to find this as use this as a magic elixir or the jets going to continue to dominate uh, like they have been throughout the course of this game and the jets respond. And it's just under six minutes later, it's Cole Perfetti getting his 12th of the year. Uh, it's ruled an unassist, still unassisted at this yeah, point in time. I'm, you know, wonder if that'll change it, uh, you know, throughout the course of the uh, review of the, of the goals, but it's a goal mouth scramble here. And uh, for a while there, was it Perfetti's? Was it uh, Nino, uh, Nino Niederreiter's? Whose goal was it? Well, it appears to be Perfetti's. Uh, and it's just a, you know, if the puck is sitting there, it's a jam play. Uh, and it's, you know, good puck movement is, is really mm-hmm. what you're seeing here that allows the Jets to get into that position where uh, Perfetti is able to get credited for the goal, no matter how it eventually went in and off whose stick it eventually went in on, whether it was even an own goal for the Coyotes. The point was for the Jets, they got the puck to where it needed to be, which was right on the goal line and right in the paint. And then they let the scramble happen at that point, Dave. Right. And again, it's that idea of guys being willing to get and get a puck and go after it. And you give like Josh Morrissey, right? Like he goes for it, gets it. And then, Alex Iafello fights off a coyote, draws another one to him, which leaves Josh Morrissey open. And I mean, Drew, we've talked about the vision that Josh Morrissey displays, you know, game in and game out. And he could have just shot it at the net and, and allowed for a rebound. But he saw that Cole Perfetti is open wide beside the net and says, mm-hmm. okay, I'm just going to feed him right there because that's the soft spot. And you've got to give Perfetti credit, right? He tries to, you know, knock it in with that little rebound uh, after he gets stopped initially. And, you know, he does, but it looked... And that's where you credit Nino Niederreiter because we talk too, uh, too often, I think, or maybe not often enough, right. but about how good Nino Niederreiter is and how he just is such a bull. And again, if Cole Perfetti doesn't get that, which I think is his, what, 12th of the season? Yeah, 12th thir- of the year. Exactly. You know, right, 12th. It would have been Nino Niederreiter's 13th of the season, I believe, because yeah. he was, again, I, he's just got that, that right mindset. Go to the net, put that puck in the net. And if that puck is sitting on the line, 
and he doesn't do that, it's possible Vimelka gets back and covers it, right? So mm-hmm. if Perfetti isn't able to do that as well, but I'm just saying that it's that that's the mentality you need because that's a playoff mentality that you know, Nina Ryder has. You can just see it. He's the kind of guy in the playoffs when goals are tough to come by. And remember, we talked about, I think I was listening on, I don't remember what I was listening to today, but they were talking about that idea, or maybe it was JP uh, Vijay talking about it, but that idea of as it was JP, and they were talking about that idea of goals being tougher to come by. So if you're already a stingy team for the Jets, you know, that's such a huge advantage to you as you get closer and closer to the playoffs because you've already know how to play this kind of game. You know how to play a game where you win a game 2-1, 3-1. You don't need to score five or six. But the fact of the matter is that, you know, again, you need to have that right mentality and the Jets just have it. And and that, that you know, bulldog, you know, tenacity that a Nino Niederreiter brings into almost every single game. And you see it, you see it with the way he's like banging and crashing. He may be smiling after, but he just, he's a competitive guy and he's a competitor. He's such a good fit on this Jets club. And so, like I said, suddenly you've got to, whether, regardless of, we didn't know at the time who scored. Originally it looked like Perfetti, but then Nito Niederreiter does the flyby. Yeah. So you're thinking, okay, maybe it was Niederreiter. Who cares? Because the Jets have a 3-1 lead. And again, Drew, I, I mean, I made the point in the, our little preamble, but you have to mention the fact that Col- Connor Hellebuck came up with a huge stop, you know, three minutes earlier. Right, it was two otherwise one. it's a two-all game. And again, I still think the Jets end up winning this game, but it's still a it's it changes you know changes the game slightly at that point because right. the Coyotes who really didn't have a lot going mm-hmm. were feeling a little bit better at two-one. Now suddenly three-one really changes that dynamic. Yo, yeah, no question about it. You know, you're not called upon. I mean, you're not calling upon Connor Hellebuck nearly as often as you have been. You know, throughout the course of his career, but it certainly is a nice feeling to know that when you need him to make that big save, he's mm-hmm. there to make that big save for you. You're right, because it very easily, if that one gets through him, all of a sudden it's two all. Even though the Jets have been dominating, and then you're wondering, you know, what are the vibes really going to be like at that point in time? Instead, he makes the saves, and then the Jets begin to further take over this game. After after 40 minutes, it is a 3-1 Winnipeg Jets lead. We say good evening again to everybody joining us. It is the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk with you, talking about the Jets tripling up the Arizona Coyotes by a 6-2 margin tonight. Want to say a big thank you to the sponsors of Illegal Curve who make the post-game show, the Saturday show, and the website a possibility. You know that this portion of the show is brought to you by our friends at Betway, Seagram's, they had the shot of the game, Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Linden Market Dental Center, Zapia Group Realty, Tough Duck, stay tuned for the Tough Duck hardest-hitting comment. You might win a Tough Duck toque. Our friends at Boston pizza rollies transfer and farmery beer where you can get a delicious serving of illegal curve lager you can get pick that up at number two donald street that's the retail location it's also available on all of the delivery apps in case you are in uh not the condition necessary to get behind the wheel so be sure to be safe first and foremost is what i am trying to tell you three one for the jets at this point in time Early in the third period, they make it 4-1. Mark Shifley with an assist by Nikolai Ehlers. It's a breakaway. And Shifley, who maybe the offense hadn't been there to the same degree over the last, let's say, you know, uh, five to ten games, certainly had a bit of a breakout again tonight. This is just such – it almost looks like he's in slow motion after he <laughs> takes the pass from Ehlers. But yeah. that's just how in control of the situation he was. And you saw the silky smooth 
smooth hands and the smarts on display here as he just absolutely schools Vimelka uh, on this breakaway opportunity. And he goes forehand, backhand, and it's 4-1 for the Winnipeg Jets early in the third period at the 5-11 mark to be precise. And at that point in time, it is all but over as the Jets have a three-goal lead and they've reached that magic four-goal number because we know they don't give up more than three. So it might as well just end the game and all go home at that point in time. Well, and the funny part about this goal, a couple of things. Number one is the fact that after Shively scored, he doesn't even start cheering. He's basically looking around for Nikolai Ehlers to like congratulate him yep. on making just a fantastic pass. And it's funny because if you look at Nikolai Ehlers, he's just, he drives, he just draws so much attention to him. And so sure he's, he's got, he makes that stop. And then he's got three guys on him in very short order, which yep. of course, I mean, maybe I'm not a mathlete like John Ginsburg, but that does leave Mark Shifley fairly wide open. He's like, guys, and I again, don't have the puck anymore. He's got yeah. the puck. Why are you all over here? I don't have the puck. He's got the puck. And, you know, you got to credit Shifley because, again, yeah. we always talk about how good he is with his hands and, and control. But, like, Ehlers just, again, draws three guys. The defense, it's too late by, for them, the, the Coyotes' defense. They know that Shifley's, you know, he's gone. And Shifley knows he's got the time because he's such a good skater. Look at that powerful stride. And then, sure enough, you know, boop, boop, and it's into the back of the net. And you're right, Drew. I mean, the Jets, that gives them the breathing room, right? You know, I mean, it, it, it's a little bit of a different game at that point now because you're feeling like, as you said, the Jets don't give up, you know, goals after 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 three. There ain't no number that's going to work because that's a 29 straight game, of course, that the Jets haven't given up more than three goals. So, um, you know, they're in cruise control and they're feeling good about themselves. But, uh, it, it, you know, the Mark Shifley, even though he's been playing well, and even though he's been able to contribute defensively and in other capacities, yeah. you know that he wants to score goals. You know he knows he wants to be relied upon to to help in that area as well. So he gets his 13th of the season. And again, another guy who's getting closer to Kyle Connor in that uh, the lead, lead the team leading sorry 17th goal uh, right now. But it, it is still amazing that these guys could still not have caught Kyle Connor by the time he comes back. Again, a testament to what kind of season he was having for the Winnipeg Jets before he got injured. Yeah. But right now, no, but, like, but it's one thing to not catch Kyle Connor. But if mm -hmm. you had said that the, no, none of the Jets players would have caught Kyle Connor in terms of the goal lead, but the team is also only going to have had one defeat since he went down with an injury or one mm -hmm. regulation time defeat, you'd say those two things aren't possible. But here we are, and those things right now are certainly playing out that way. Well, again, hockey is a is a much different sport than basketball, right? I mean, basketball you can win with one guy. Hockey is, I mean, especially this team. This is a team game, right? And these guys are playing. They're they're showing us that they know how to play an effective team sport, and that this again from lines one to four, they're just all playing the same brand. There's no like, oh well, those guys are completely different than these guys, and this doesn't look anything like this. Again, obviously, levels of talent will will be slightly elevated from one to the other, but uh, like I said, there's a uh, there's a uh, consistency that we've talked about now, Drew, for, for some time that this team is playing uh, similar brands of hockey, regardless of who's on the ice. And it's, it's responsible, right? I mean, if you think about it, Nikolai Ehlers makes a, a re defensively responsible play. And until then, Mark Shifley, when he, until he realizes Ehlers is in control, that's when he knows he can go mm -hmm. right before it's possible. What we would have seen on, from this team right. is that Nikolai Ehlers, Mark Shifley thinks Nikolai Ehlers has possession of the puck. So he's gone because he wants that offensive opportunity. But this time, Shifley waits. He hesitates enough to allow Ehlers to, to be to sure. Because if he doesn't, now Ehlers has got three guys collapsed around him. He inevitably loses that puck. 
And now Shifley's fled the zone and you are or flew the zone and you've got, you know, the Coyotes going back the other way. So again, I think there's a, it is just a difference from what we're seeing from this Jets team that we've seen in the past. And it, it really is spread throughout the lineup. You know, I, 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 I referenced this quote earlier uh, on the show or the stat earlier on the show, and I now have it in front of me. So I want to make sure it's accurate. Uh, okay. This was from uh, Dmitry Filipovich, who covers the NHL, covers hockey, definitely looks at it through an analytical uh, point of view. Real good follow uh, on Twitter or X or whatever the hell that platform's called nowadays. Mm. Uh, so this is from January the 5th. So this is from a couple of nights ago after the, uh, I guess, what game would that have been? That would have been the Anaheim game, I guess. Uh, yeah. Since the Jets put Nikolai Ehlers on the top line full time they've outscored opponents 17 to 3 with him on the ice at 5 versus 5 you add in tonight they've now outscored their opponent 20 to 4 with Nikolai go. Ehlers as a top line winger uh since uh since he's been that full, in that full time role again you don't need to be a world expert hockey analyst to know that if you're outscoring your opponents by a margin of 20 to 4 at 5 on 5 that is pretty good and it certainly is for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, so the Jets, after the Shifley goal, made it 4-1, and they seem to be in cruise control, so much so that Connor Hellebuck decided to revert back to <laughs> bad puck handler Connor Hellebuck. Yes. And he had a bit of an oopsie on this one. Dylan Gunther, who's a young player uh, up from Tucson of the age 2021 draft pick. There you go. 2021 first round pick for the yeah. Coyotes, uh, who's up uh, because Jason Zucker is is, is serving that suspension uh, for running Nick, Nick Cousins after Nick Cousins wasn't suspended for running a different player, uh, yeah. the, which is, was a Labushkin. topic of... I think it was Labushkin. Yeah, it was Labushkin, you're right. It was a topic of conversation on uh, Hockey Night in Canada last night. H-Nick, as I like to call it, and everyone H-Nick. else, everyone else yeah. likes to call it that as well. We all know yeah. that. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, Connor Hellebuck sort of boots it around a little bit as he's trying to play the puck and Gunther picks it up and he succeeds on the wraparound, uh, to make it four, two with about seven and a half minutes to go. And this is just not one that's going to be on the highlight reel, but it is going to, you know, I know there's a lot of people who don't want Connor Hellebuck, uh, handling the puck and yeah. I agree that he's never going to be Marty Brodeur, but no. he certainly has improved from where he was, but this was a bit of a reversion back to, uh, old bad Connor when it comes to puck handling it was a bouncing puck albeit but probably uh in this one it's it's not the prettiest goal he's ever going to give up no i mean it's uh you know there's 727 left in the third period so i mean the jets are probably thinking this one's over at 4-1 quite honestly drew so i mean that's dylan gunther's first goal of the season he was down in tucson but i mean the truth is there's four jets that are back really it's it's almost a one-on-four for gunther and, you know, if you've got Morrissey and you've got DeMello and unfortunately, you know, even Ehlers and Velarde are back there and nobody, I, I just don't think that they took the level of danger seriously right. until they saw Connor Hellebuck and you got, and again, we're not going to rip on Hellebuck, but it's just, uh, you know, he, the puck bounces on him and he just can't handle it. So, you know, it's, un, you know, unfortunate rather than just leaving it, he still tried to handle it after the fact and get back into his net. And so instead of doing that, he tries to handle it, still tries to handle it, then gets back. And at that point, it's too late. So you credit the young uh, first rounder for Arizona. He's, uh, I think he's from Edmonton. Uh, that was a nice play by him. And uh, now suddenly it's a 4-2 game. And really, yeah. it, it, like, again, as I said, we've we've covered this team for every since every since they came back. Now, obviously, we've only been doing the post-game show for a few years. 
But the fact of the matter is we've, we've pretty much watched every single Jets game. And I'm, I'm not saying that we know the result of every single game, but you, you do tend to get a feeling for these games. And for me watching this game, I'm thinking, okay, it's four, two. Like, I don't think it's going to be any closer than four, two. I think that this is just one that they're going to like, I, again, I didn't anticipate it being more than that, but after that, I still felt like, okay, the Jets are going to lock this down and they're going to, you know, maybe I didn't think they wanted to give us two more goals to, to have to discuss here on the Leo Curve uh, post game show, but because they knew we'd have over 600 people, you know, an uh, an hour into our our post game show, they didn't want us to have to cut the show early. They wanted people to they keep want- going. So, I mean, just sure like enough, the Winnipeg Jets, the show is a wagon. This maybe show not is as a wagon. maybe not as high powered a wagon, but a wagon no. in its own right. Right, but you need a you know we need it. We're more of like a secondary wagon. We're the wagon that follows behind the main wagons. We're the uh, we're the wagons that carry the food. Usually, as he's eating the food in that wagon, right? But uh, we do what we can. Yeah, there you go. That's well done. Uh, five two. Pardon me. Four two for the Jets. Uh, they make it five two. They don't give up any. They don't let the Coyotes get any closer. Uh, it's an empty netter. Um, Shifley. Uh, M2, an empty net by Gabe Velarde. We generally don't analyze empty netters, but the Jets do everything right in this situation as they're defending the six-on-five opportunity for the Coyotes. The Jets are just so fastidious with their defensive coverage with Ehlers and making a you know making a play along the boards to get the puck over to Velarde, to Shifley. Again, Jets doing everything right at this point in time. 5-2 for the Jets with... Uh, a minute 52 to go in the game. And then just why the hell not? You've had a successful road trip. You might as well make it even that much more successful and make it six to Adam Lowry. He's up to eight goals on the year. This is with 49 seconds to go in the game. Assist to Nino Niederreiter, Mason Appleton. It really looked like the Jets were trying to get Appleton a goal. It wasn't mm-hmm. into an empty net or anything. Vimelko is back in the net here. They were trying to set uh, Appleton up to try and get him off the schneid because we know it's been a while since since he's been able to find the back of the neck, uh, back of the net, the monkey is getting closer and closer to a gorilla on the back of uh, <laughs> Appleton. Instead, he isn't able to do so, but the puck ends up coming to Adam Lowry, and he sort of sheepishly, I would say, uh, scores a sixth Winnipeg Jets goal. And the party is on because you know that wherever the celebration is happening tonight with all the mentors. And we're going to, after the break, show you a great photo from the dressing room with, uh, Chuck Hellebuck and Connor Hellebuck and there's Nikolai uh, Cole Perfetti and Nikolai Ehlers were having some fun in the dressing room and we're going to show you all that if we can here on the post game show uh, this team is flying high feeling good wrapping up this three game road trip Dave with a perfect record and a 6-2 victory the top team in the central division the top team in the western conference and ladies and gentlemen the top team by points and points percentage in the NHL is your Winnipeg Jets. Jets yeah. win 6-2. Go ahead, Dave. No, I mean, it's it's a remarkable um, list you just listed off there, Drew, because, I mean, again, I don't, you know, I think you said it right. I don't know when Pal Connor went down with injury, how many of us would think that the Jets would, would put forth this kind of effort. Yeah. Would put forth a, a total team commitment to this type of game and this type of game that, that breeds success, whether it's individual or team. And that's, and that's what we're seeing right across the board. Guys are having success. It's not, it's not Nikolai Ehlers has 12 goals and he's filled the void. So you just replaced Cal Connor. It's that the entire team is scoring and the entire team is preventing goals. 
And so you've got contributions up and down. Everybody feels like they have a piece of it, including the, the dads and the uncles and the brothers and the grandparents who are all, you know, you can see that they're having a good time with it. And yeah. like I said, starting with Chuck Hellebuck, who most likely will be doing a collab with Ezzy at some point. Maybe that's where Ezzy is right now. He's on <laughs> a, he's on 3d printing together. They're doing some 3d printing uh, on the, on Chuck Hellebuck's uh, YouTube channel. But um, can you imagine all of a sudden, like we're sitting here and then two, two little, two little, uh, <laughs> viewing stations show up and it's like chuck hellebuck and ezzy just chit-chatting about 3d printing but look i mean it's 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 all we're having a lot of fun with it but the fact of the matter is so are the jets so are the fans everybody's enjoying this it's uh it's a remarkable run and again like i said like people expect this to to fall off and people are expecting the um, and you're going to deal with some more adversity whether it's injuries yeah. or losses but i we think we don't know it doesn't look that way quite yet but the jets do have some tough opponents coming up in the bruins and and that sort of thing and then i think they play in philadelphia and oh they got the leafs at the end of the month but or that's next the, month sorry they have all yeah so they have uh philly comes here next saturday yeah uh, and then they have at the end, they also have this month, the road, yeah, the Islanders to, on Tuesday, Islanders like on a week Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. And then the Saturday after the Philly game. So I think that's what the 13th, if I'm not, no Philly game is the 13th. So the 20th, they have that yeah. afternoon game. I think that's hockey day in Canada. If I'm not mistaken. Is that, an 11, is that the 1130 game? No, no. That's a two o'clock start in Ottawa. Then from Ottawa, oh, they go right. to Boston. And then they have the home and home with the Leafs. Oh, but that's uh, a two, that's a two o'clock start against Boston as well. Yeah. Or is it a six o'clock start? No, I think it's a Monday game. I'm pretty sure the game against Boston's on a Monday night. Um, well, I mean, yeah, is that a holiday Monday though? No, I don't think so. The, there's a holiday in February. No, no, I think two it's two o'clock. Six. It's two and six, right? Yeah, Ottawa, two o'clock in the afternoon on the twentieth, yeah. and then six in Ottawa. Then they go to Boston on Monday at six o'clock. Then they go to Toronto on the Wednesday at six o'clock. Then home to the Leafs on on Saturday. Yeah, at six. Yeah. At six o'clock, and then I think that's sort of when they get the next. Then they get, then that's the break. Then it must be the, uh, yeah. Then they have the that all-star, all-star break, break or something. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, look, it's, it, it's going to be, it look, fans are going to have a lot of fun. Fans are already having a lot of fun. We can see that, you know, like I said, there's almost 600 of you still with us here an hour after over an hour after our show began. So and we're not going anywhere. We've still got lots of show to go. Yeah. I think, but, but ultimately, like, ultimately, like I said, this is, this has been a, it's been a good run and uh, you know, folks are having fun. I mean, Again, you know, we're, we're almost approaching a full month since the last regulation loss for the Jets. So, I mean, it's, it's you know, like I said, it's one of those situations where you're, you're you know, I was talking to some folks today at Canada Life. Obviously, I was there for the Moose game. Yeah, and, we'll do a uh, Manuk Moose Minute coming up oh, after yeah. the break not, as well, folks. No, I'm not looking to do it right now, but I'm just yeah. saying that it's just funny how, you know, we were uh, talking to some folks uh, and they were excited to get home. They want to watch that Jets game tonight. So there's a lot of excitement around town when you're talking to folks about uh, the Winnipeg Jets. And and again, you know, people are, are laughing because it, it's interesting to see some of the narratives. Maybe we'll get into it after the break, Drew, but I was going to see some of the narratives. I'm seeing like, can the Jets be trusted? Can this, can this. And yeah, like, everything okay. they're doing is re- replicable. That Yeah, they can be trusted. That's exactly what it is. It's not smoke and mirrors like it was in past years. It's replicable. There are going to be times when they are, look, there's going to be a skid of some sort. It's not going to be a seven-game skid or no. a six-game losing streak. They don't. That doesn't seem to be in the cards, but they are going to lose a game again or a couple games in a row. But everything that they're doing to win is replicable and, and, and repeatable and fundamentally starts with solid hockey five on five and then everything else that they get on top of that the goaltending the special teams when those come is all bonus on top of everything so i will i will 
I will say though, Drew, I I do have this like vision of you making that statement and then me clipping this and then like a month later going, the Jets have still not lost, Drew, despite your prediction that they yeah. will eventually lose again. At some point in time, they will lose again. I I can assure you folks of that. I, I, there's there's just no way possible that they're not going to lose again. But it seems like they're going to be few and far between based on how they're playing as of I, late. I, I just want to address something because Rob said this. And Rob's saying, to be fair, the wheels fell off at this point last year. So people are right to be skittish. But Rob, the only way, the only thing I will say to counter that that argument, because we've yeah. been hearing it, and and I know understand that people feel that way and I can totally empathize. But the difference is that last year the Jets did it because they outscored their problems and they had unbelievable goaltending and they relied right. on their goaltending to win them. Well, I should say uh, that should be singular because obviously David Riddick didn't do anything, but, but Connor Hallibuck and this year they, it's not, that's just not the case. Their five on five play this year's five on five team would destroy mm -hmm. last year's five on five team. I don't even yeah. think it's, it, it's a fair comparison. So, so this and team the is just as good. <laughs> well, the, the goaltending is, is better because yeah. Rassois is way better than David oh, Reddick. Right. So, sure, I mean, yes. it's, it's the goaltending is, is, is infinitely better this year than it was last year. This is uh, what I mean, Connor Hellebuck, Connor Hellebuck yeah. is consistent, I should say, but like right. Rassois is way better than Riddick. So the right. fact of the matter is this team and their defense is playing extraordinarily well together. So, so this team, I think, is much better than last year. It's much deeper than it was last year. And I don't think, again, I understand where I understand that sentiment. I just don't think it applies based on if you look at the way this team plays versus last year's team. Uh, score uh, um, standings wise, totally understand the the comparisons. But I mean, again, like I said, you can compare any of the Jets teams. I just think this is a much differently constructed team than it was last year. I would agree with everything you said there, Mr. Manuk. 6-2 Jets victory over the Arizona Coyotes. When we come back, more on the Jets victory. The Manuk Moose Minute, Tough Doc, hardest hitting comment. Basically, don't go anywhere. Smash the like button. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to the YouTube channel because we do this after each and every Winnipeg Jets game. And we'll do it again every Saturday morning with the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk with you. It's a Sunday evening. We'll be right back on the Illegal curve post game show <laughs> your co-workers love you because you always make them laugh you're the life of the party with stories that have them rolling on the floor or maybe you're just the quiet one in the corner with the one-liners that just slay do you have what it takes to become winnipeg's funniest person with a day job try your luck hit the stage at rumors comedy club and you could be walking away with one thousand dollars cash Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job. Presented by Rumors. For all the details, head to RumorsComedyClub.com. So you're a pizza person. You married a wing person. But somehow your kids are salad people. You can't pick your fam, but you can pick your VP meal deal. Starting from $18.99 for takeout or delivery at BostonPizza.com. The game can change. Oh! Just like that. Accidents happen when you aren't protected. So now what? Getting to your injury quickly can make all the difference. Help prevent them from being game changers with Linden Market Dental Center. Bonding, crowns, bridges, and dental implants. State-of-the-art treatments are available to help you get back in the game. To learn more, visit LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy. Everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! 
Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Boston Pizza harnessed Fanalytics to test if the game is better at home or at Boston Pizza. The results are irrefutable. Catch the game at Boston Pizza, powered by Fanalytics. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the illegal curve hockey show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. We are back. Sunday evening, the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk, five minutes before 10 p.m. Central Time here to talk about the Jets' victory over the Arizona Coyotes. They wrap up the mentors' trip with a tremendous record of three wins, zero losses. They give up a grand total of four goals in the course of that trip. So the Jets flying high. And this just want to share this photo. The Jets just tweeted it out from the dressing room. Uh, uh, that let me see if I can zoom in on it a bit. It's you know again this is an it's a special day certainly for uh, everybody associated with the Winnipeg Jets. I'm not sure if it's if it's zooming in uh, well enough, but uh, you can see you can the get players. the idea. Yeah, you can see that the players, the mentors, the coaching staff, everybody on the uh, floor of the arena there at uh, Mullet Arena uh, celebrating the Jets' road trip. So you can see the the proud faces on display, the sons, the dads, the grandfathers, the brothers, the uncles, the everyones. And hang on, I, I'm getting word that there's now a, a, a scheduled, uh, there's going to be a women's uh, mentors trip coming up uh, when they go out <laughs> east to Boston and Ottawa and Toronto. They just yeah. add Added that to the schedule just last second. They're gonna, they've added that to the schedule, uh, so that's going to be uh, a little bit uh, of a joke by yours truly. I promise not to do that too often here on the show because usually they fall flat. I'll leave that to the experts at Rumors Comedy Club uh, for the humor instead of you uh, and me there, Dave. Uh, look, just another great victory by the Winnipeg Jets, um, wrapping up the perfect road trip. Just taking care of business i mean it's it's sort of that simple you just jump on an opponent and it's sort of this was the first game remember it's been four straight games that they hadn't uh scored the first goal so this was the first game and i thought it was key tonight for them to get that early goal get them feeling good about themselves and then it just sort of snowballed from there uh for the winnipeg jets yeah i mean this is a team that is playing with a confidence that i don't recall and again like i said i follow this team i cover them every single day so yeah. this is a uh there's not a, and again i thought you said the right words yesterday this is not a cockiness this is not an arrogance it, you know when we talk about swagger you talk like it's just an maybe like again it's confidence it's confidence in you know you don't need to uh have any false bravado you know what you are you're a good team and and so right now this jets team the only way you can describe them Maybe not like maybe a good team is an under is an understatement, Drew. I mean, they're they're one of the best teams. They're the best team right now in the NHL, right? And they've got the best goaltender, I would argue, in the NHL. I mean, it's hard to find someone who's better than Connor Hellebuck, right? I mean, he's he went from 
And it's funny because, like, I don't know if you saw that thing on Sportsnet. They're like, well, if you remove Ilya Samsonov. Oh, my God. That was the, if, I mean, okay, hang on. You talk. I, I want to see if I can find it. Okay. Uh, well, and again, I don't. It, it was so in, infuriating that it actually made me lose my mind for a little I, And bit. I don't care about that kind of stuff anyways. I Like, obviously, yeah, one way or the other. I just thought it was funny because it's like, if you remove his, Ilya Samsonov yeah. from the Leafs starts, They'd be the number one team in or number one Canadian. I didn't really even read it to be honest. I just kind of saw it. it was, I dismissed it as stupidity. But they're like, if you remove uh, Ilya Samsonov starts from the Leafs thing, their save percentage would be. Oh, here it is. Yeah, like they'd have the best goalie save percentage or something like that. Yeah. And so uh, save and percentage I was just, this year. Yeah, uh, but for the Leafs here at nine twenty one. Yeah, they've managed to. They said, well, if you remove Ilya Samsonov, <laughs> who has the worst save percentage in the NHL, in the entire, yeah. Worst goal saved above expected. Like right. every stat he's you can have, and I'm not I'm not jumping on him having terrible numbers. I don't I don't want to do that. But I mean, it's just I just thought it was I, anyways because I was about to make the point that if you remove the 13 goals in three games that Connor Hellebuck had given up, his numbers would be even more impressive. But well, of course, the best part about this is they also they they got the Jets stats wrong. Well, like, no, because the Jets save percentage this... is wrong. Yeah, because yeah, but didn't this one? I think this included like empty nets, I, whatever it was, whatever, whatever. However, they factored it in. I don't. Again, like I said, it's just it sounds like voodoo garbage. I all I was trying to suggest, yeah. you know, and again, I didn't want to deviate into Leafs lunch because I don't want Spency to be upset with me. But I, I guess what I was trying to say was that that Connor Hellebuck has played so well that it's despite the fact that he gave up, you know, those thirteen goals in his first three games, and he still is the goal saved above expected uh, leader in the NHL. Drew, you gonna get rid of that second that screen here? What's yeah, I'm get rid of it now. So that, but I mean, I saw that and I I, lo I lost my shit for a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, I just thought it was funny, but anyway. So um, I just like I said, I think it's just a testament to how good Connor Hellebuck has played, and you know, again. This is one of the functions of having one of the best, you know, he, he could go down as one of the best goaltenders of all time. I mean, this is, and, and again, you, you know, it just, it goes to show you the season. Actually, I don't know. Did you, sorry, as, this is another aside. I'm sure some of the folks, apparently there's an account, um, a Twitter account about um, Kevin Sheveldayoff's dancing. And apparently the, whoever, whoever, and it's actually an amazing, like, you know, if, if you've seen that, if you've seen it, I want to hear about it. In I, ha the chat. I haven't seen it. Yeah. You got to do it, do a search on it on Twitter. It's like Kevin Shevel day off, Kevin Shevel day off dancing or something like that. And then I, I saw that and I, I just started howling, of course, but uh, apparently they hadn't tweeted it since 2018. And then, then they restarted tweeting just recently, like yesterday for the first time. Uh, of course, Spency, of course, knows it. So Chevy dancing too is, is apparently what it is. How do you know? Or you already no no because Spency just put it into the chat. Oh, okay, good, good, good. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. No, we'll talk about saxophone squirtle as well, Dustin. Don't you worry. But but look, I just think it was just uh, someone. So that that account started tweeting again, and it's just like it's pretty funny stuff. But it, my point I was gonna make is <laughs> that I know it's pretty. See, I told you. Um, but <laughs> we've done four shows in the last four days. I can't deal with this in, and maintain any any professionalism while watching Kevin Day off dancing on my second screen over here. <laughs> Maul knows who runs that account. Well done, Maul. But anyways, anywho, it's 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 funny stuff. But my point I was going to make is, you know, and they were. Uh, I think Frankie Corrado was talking about it just in terms of, um, you know, it's amazing to think about what this Jets team is, given. All the uncertainty in June and everything that we didn't know about what this team was going to be. And then to keep Connor Hellebuck and to keep Mark Shifley and to turn this, this team around into what they have become. 
And again, a lot of that goes to Rick Bonus, but a lot of that goes to the team. I mean, you got to give these guys credit. It's been a it's been a remarkable run. And of course, we have to give up due to Saxophone Squirtle. You know, ever since Saxophone Squirtle made a appearance on the Jumbotron at Canada Life, yeah, the Jets are now I think are six and zero since since that time. So I mean, there's a lot of things, a lot of contributing factors, of course. But uh, it's it's been a it's been a, it's been a lot of fun, and folks are having a good time with it. And like I said, whether it's Kevin Shevel Dayoff's dancing Twitter account or saxophone Squirtle, uh, whatever it is, Jets fans are having a good time, and that's all that matters to us. They are. You're allowed to enjoy this, folks. Here, as I said earlier on in the broadcast, you know, enjoy it. Who knows how long it's going to last? You never know when the other shoe is going to drop. I don't expect it to drop, but you know, stranger things have happened. And of course, winning in January just means you won a game in January. It doesn't yep. necessarily mean you're going to win anything or win it all in June. But enjoy it while it's going on. Dave M, uh, let's do a Manuk Moose minute and a Tough Duck hardest hitting comment to wrap it up tonight. Which one? Put on your antlers. It's time for the Manuk Moose Minute on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Me in the middle of saying, which one do you want to do first? And then all of a sudden you decided to do the Moose Moose, Manuk Moose Minute. So that's fine. Hang on. Do you know which one I wanted to do first now? Well, yes, obviously I do. So you answered your own question. I did. I did. I fished my own wish, which is always to talk about the Manitoba Moose. Except not these days. Not these days. <laughs> Talking about the Manitoba Moose has become a painful exercise, folks. The Manitoba Moose had to go 11-7 and seven because they are dealing with some serious injury uh, situation, which I've appraised, kept you all appraised of, of course, because of my report from Wednesday at uh, Hockey for All Center. But just in case you weren't paying attention yesterday, which I'm sure you were, Chaz Lucius dealing with an ankle issue, um, Wyatt Bongiovanni a knee issue, and Carson Golder has back spasms so or muscle spasms in his back specifically so those three guys were not available thomas Caron called up from the echl to play in the lineup dimitri kuzman the jets 2021 third rounder he is actually playing a little bit of forward he did that when the flint firebirds nolan baumgartner the assistant coach of the moose told me so uh they were going to use him as both a defenseman and as a forward today when they went 11 and 7 brad lambert the reason they went 11 and seven, he, I reported before the game is dealing with an illness. So not an injury for Brad Lambert, the 2022 first rounder, the leading scorer here uh, for the Manitoba Moose, but he was not going to be involved in the game. Of course, I got to talk about the biggest, the big, biggest thing I did talk about in yesterday's game, because it was a terrible game, but the biggest thing I didn't get a chance to talk about was, did we do a post-game show yesterday, Drew? No, we just did the Saturday show yesterday. Oh, there was no, there was so, no post-game show yesterday. Wait a second. So am I doing a double Manuk Moose Minute right now? No, or am I only I mean, doing a single? You, you can take the same amount of time to talk yes. about two games rather than double the time okay. to talk about the to okay. talk about. Well, I, so, you know, uh, Disgruntled Weed is mentioning that that Bauer fight on Saturday was the highlight. It was... Yeah. It was a tilt. It was quite it went the viral. Tilt. I mean, there's a guy that I'm sure you don't follow him. His name is Spencer Hall. He's a huge college football guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, in the states, uh, at uh, EDSBS, every day should be Saturday. Yeah, uh, yeah. is his is his uh, Twitter handle, or is, and and uh, he tweeted about the fight. He, you know, yeah, because like, it, it, it went it, viral over well, the Sports Center and everything else. The fight itself, the fight itself actually kind of sucked. Like it wasn't a great, it wasn't even a great fight. It was actually kind of grappling. It wasn't a good. It wasn't one of Bauer's better fights, I'd say. But the reason it went uh, viral probably is because Bauer was just gushing blood because he got cut. I don't know if it was his visor or one of the punches. Right. But um, and then of course, they, right after the fight, he gets up and they're like patting each other on the head. So there's some good sportsmanship. 
you know, displayed. But that was probably the highlight of yesterday's game, which the Moose lost. And then today, I'm no, no surprise Spencey likes him. Yeah. But well, he, uh, he's actually got a bigger beard than Spencey does, which, which really give you some, yeah, give you some perspective about how big uh, well, Spencer Hall's beard is. Okay, well there you go. But I will tell you this: the first period, uh, boring. <laughs> like it was a, it was a first period of hockey, but that was about all, all I can say for it. And then uh, the Moose give up the first goal of the uh, at the end of a. They just killed the power play, and then a couple of the guys are standing still. Unfortunately for them, they uh, Matt, Belleville starts, and Belleville's been on a roll. There had come into to, this is Belleville, of course, being the Senators, Ottawa Senators Farm Club. They were on a roll, having scored one five straight. Whereas the Moose were on the opposite type of role, having lost three straight coming into today's game, including yesterday's game to Belleville. So they were looking for the split. And as we've talked about often on this channel and on the legalcurve.com, the Moose have been very good when it comes to the second game of a, of a two game set winning significantly more than they've lost. Um, but so they're down one, nothing. And then Nikita Chibrikov, the 2021 second rounder of the Winnipeg Jets. He scores his 10th goal of the season. That's the second player matching, uh, uh, joining Brad Lambert in double digits in goal scoring for the Moose. He scores an absolute snipe. If you haven't seen it, check it out. I've got it on IC Dave and we'll have it on the website, illegalcurve.com. So we'll have that up there soon. He ties the game at the 846 mark. And it was one of those games, third period, not a ton happening. Some chances both ways. Jeffrey Vial had a good chance set up by Kyle Capobianco, and it had a game that it felt like it was going into overtime. But unfortunately for the Manitoba Moose, uh, they Kyle Capobianco, the recently mentioned Kyle Capobianco, takes a uh, disappointing cross-checking penalty with a couple minutes to go, and the um, Senators make the Moose pay, score a goal with a minute, and I think they scored a couple. Yeah, it was a minute and eight left to go in the third period. Moose tried to even the score uh, with the net with Colin Delia pulled no such luck. So they will uh, lose their, they did, sorry, will lose, they did lose their third, fourth game in a row. Um, and they will now head out on the road. So they lost two one to the senators. And uh, now they're going to have to hope that they can get things going. Cause they're 12 and 17 right now. And they, and look, I know mm-hmm. people are talking about the moose and, and the lacking right now, but if the jets do end up getting healthy, they're hoping the moose are hoping for some of these reinforcements. I know the jets don't want to see the moose jets fans don't want to see the jets make too many changes, but they're going to, some things are going to have to change drew. We'll yeah. maybe be talking about that soon enough because even though they haven't had a lot of practice time up in the big club, some, you know, with Rasmus Kupari and Billy Hainola and, you know, David Gustafson, even Kyle Connor relatively soon, yeah. you're going to have to start figuring some out things out. So eventually something is going to give. And then for the moose, they're hoping that some of those veterans may come back down because they're going to have to, uh, you know, and they, and look, and they may get Chaz Lucius. Like I got the impression that they're just trying to get his strength back in his ankle. Bon Giovanni. Well, I'm not going to get a reassessment because the moose are off tomorrow and then they're traveling uh, Tuesday and then they're going to play, they're going to play Belleville again. So it's a three games uh, set with these guys. They'll be playing in Belleville Wednesday and then they play Laval uh, next weekend. So, uh, we'll see what happens with Moose. But again, the one positive I would say is that even though, um, again, the team is losing, the prospects are all playing. And in critical moments when the Jets, when the Moose are trying to tie the game, mm-hmm. Daniel Torgerson, Danny Zilkin, Nikita Chibrikov, uh, Tyrell Bauer, Simon Lundmark, you know, guys on and on and on, Dmitry Kuzman, these guys are all getting chances to be in these critical uh, moments to try and tie games or, or protect leads, not so much protect the leads anymore. But, and again, I've talked to David Gustafson about how important it is 
for for when he was a, a prospect to get those sorts of opportunities. So you know Henry Nickenen. So you know that there's that there is some benefit even if they aren't necessarily winning games. There you go. As only Dave M can, he brings you up to date on everything to do with the Winnipeg Jets AHL affiliate, the Manitoba Moose. So if you haven't been able to keep track of what the Moose are up to, just tune in here for the Illegal Curve on the Illegal Curve post game show for the Manuk Moose Minute. And of course, it's all covered in even more detail on illegalcurve.com. Calm. We will wrap up our fourth show in the last four days with the Tough Duck Hardest Hitting Comment. The Tough Duck Hardest Hitting Comment. Big thanks to our friends at Tough Duck for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. We're going to give the Tough Duck Hardest Hitting Comment to Dino Dino, I'm going to do you the favor of not even trying to pronounce your last name because I know that I will do a really lousy job. But here goes Dino Apostolopoulos. I hope I'm okay or within the ballpark on that, Dino. Dino A is the winner of tonight's Tough Duck Hardest Hitting Comment. The way the Jets are playing, Chevy doesn't need a big fish at the trade deadline, i.e. doesn't need a Stamkos or a a Crosby and of course Crosby's name uh, in reference to our buddy Jeff Hamilton and what he said on yesterday's illegal curve hockey show if you missed that tune back into the illegal curve hockey show from yesterday and our buddy Jeff had a very interesting not even a theory but just sort of a a, a pie in the sky moonshot idea that he brought forward so you can look for that uh, he said the- thanks for trying Drew yeah, on our website. No, Dino said thanks for trying. Oh, Dino said thanks for trying. Well, I did yeah. my best. I hope I, I I hope I didn't embarrass myself too much. Uh, in any event, uh, he, as in Chevy, will find another gem like Nino Niederreiter or Vlad Nemesnikov to build depth in the middle six, and it will only cost the Jets like a third round pick. Dino, slide into my DMs at ICDrew, or better yet, send me an email with your mailing address drew at illegalcurve.com and our friends at tough duck will ship you out a toque uh, for your winning comment on tonight's illegal curve post game show jets victorious by a 6-2 margin it's been a fun last four days dave m i have to admit i'm fairly tired i'm looking forward (laughs) to uh, a day off tomorrow we'll be back of course on tuesday with post game right around 9 39 45 after the jets and the blue jackets illegalcurve.com that will roll on keep on going unabated as it always does so keep it locked there recaps Uh, already up folks you want to read the the recap There you go. Read the recap in case you missed any of this broadcast. It's available on an immediate replay. In Mm -hmm. case you missed any of yesterday's Illegal Curve Hockey Show, Jeff Hamilton joined us. Our buddy Frankie Corrado, who you saw between periods of today's broadcast as well on TSN3, he joined us. Had some real interesting things to say about uh, the Hartman, the hullabaloo around Hartman. So you can check it out uh, on our YouTube channel. The podcast edition of the show is also available. 
available. Be sure to, if you missed that yesterday, uh, be sure to check that out. No True. snooker. We cannot do a special show tomorrow. I'm going to enjoy the national championship game between Michigan and Washington tomorrow and is going to enjoy a night off from the Winnipeg Jets. But we'll be back on Tuesday and IllegalCurve.com, as I mentioned. No day off. Just rolls on. No days off. Just like Bill Belichick and the Patriots, their philosophy, no days off. Just like that. That's how we adopted here on Illegal Curve as well. Have to say a big thank you to our sponsors. Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club. Linden Market Dental Center. Zappia Group Realty. Betway. Farmery Beer, Rolly's Transfer, Seagram's, Boston Pizza, and Tough Duck. They help support this show. They make it possible for all of you to join us. So please support them in turn. If you know of a business that you think should be one of our great advertisers should join our great roster of advertisers well let us know you can email me drew at illegalcurve.com you can email dave at dave at illegalcurve.com always want to hear from you about your suggestions on any number of litany of things or your business to this maybe show business maybe your person. business itself is listening maybe you want to join our roster of we're, advertisers let us know and in fact we're we're very soon yes. going to be unveiling once we finish recording Yes. A new commercial that we know all of you folks very much enjoy. So that, you know, just think you could have the acting skills <laughs> of a legal curve. Right. You mean, can buy your brand with our acting skills. And that, you know, acting for you. So, I mean, like that's, uh, that's some gold right there. And of course, you know, Drew, I mean, we got to, we got to, the other thing I would ask folks do, if you can leave yeah. a comment, that's right. also very helpful. So if you can, on on the on iTunes and and Spotify whatever you happen to download your podcast if yeah. you listen by a podcast you know leave a review that's always helpful for us because I think the last review I'm not gonna lie might be Phyllis's back in September folks wow so uh, I'm just saying like that's a that's so 2023 I mean we're already into 2024 could use a few uh, few reviews and again it also helps with our algorithm yeah if on the YouTube channel you get to leave a, a a a comment so we always appreciate. If you just have a thought, it doesn't have to be something that needs a reply from me, but I try to reply to as many comments as I can. Yeah. But you can always leave just your your thoughts about necessarily maybe the post game show or the game itself on the um, you know the post game recap or report, I should say. And then because of that, it helps you know kind of spread the word. Yeah, not, we don't know how the algorithm works. We don't even know how to spell algorithm, but we're Not told that you need to smash the like button and leave comments to help the algorithm. So that's your responsibility. In addition to tuning in each and every time we go live after every Jets game and again on Saturday mornings. Thanks to so many of you. It's been great fun over the last four days. We hope you've had fun as well. We'll be back Tuesday night after the Jets and the Columbus Blue Jackets. For Dave Manouk, I'm your host, Drew Mandel. Until Tuesday at 9 40 9 30 p.m sometime after that game ends be sure to lock it here on our youtube channel we wish you good night and good luck and thanks for watching the illegal curve post game show thanks for listening to this broadcast from illegal curve hockey for more great illegal curve content subscribe to the illegal curve youtube channel follow at illegal curve on twitter facebook and instagram and visit your online home for hockey in winnipeg illegalcurve.com